Good morning, and thank you for joining me once again as we continue a, a series that I've entitled From Unbelief to Belief. I hope that you're finding it informative. I hope you're finding it a blessing. I hope you find it something uh, that will be useful and something that is an encouragement uh, in your walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. If you have a Bible and you have a moment to do so, open your Bibles to the book of Hebrews chapter 1, and we will look at what is the fourth and the final passage that we're going to look at in this sense of, of uh, uh, proving, uh, defining uh, the deity, the divinity of the Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, uh, if someone were to ask you the question, uh, does the Bible teach that Jesus is God, that he's uniquely the Son of God. And uh, you can say, yes, indeed it does. There's at least four passages that very clearly, very uh, uh, intentionally uh, display and define and describe uh, the very nature of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so uh, this is the fourth one that we shall consider, Hebrews chapter 1, and we'll read verses 1 through 4. Long ago and at many times in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days he has spoken to us by Son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom he also created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature, and he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification of sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become as much superior to the angels as the name he inherited is more excellent than theirs. So, God had spoken, God had revealed himself in a number of different ways that are detailed for us in what we would call our Old Testament uh, under the Old Covenant. Uh, everything, whether uh, in visions or in dreams, in the sacrificial system, in the law, in the word of the prophets, uh, the many ways that God chose to reveal himself as to who he uh, is and what his purpose was, what his will for will for men was, uh, had been uh, revealed. But the perfection of his revelation is found in the person of his son, in the work of his son, uh, revealed in what uh, this author refers to as the last days, the one that indeed is the rightful heir to everything uh, that is because of the glory of his essence and the glory of what he would accomplish uh, as the God-man. Uh, that he is indeed the, the exact representation of God himself. He is the imprint of God. There is no difference in essence or nature between the Father and the Son and the Spirit. They are different persons, okay? And that gets into some kind of technical philosophical distinctions between personhood and nature or essence, but Jesus is fully of the essence of Almighty God. He is fully uh, God. And that as God, he is involved not only in creation, but in sustaining that the things that uh, exist uh, maintain uh, the properties by which they were created to operate according to uh, by the power of his word. And then having uh, come into our world for the purpose of dying on the cross, uh, by his work on the cross, uh, he has atoned for sin, here referred to as making purification for sins, and that was a once and for all work, one time, never to be repeated. There's no necessity for any sacrifice to be made uh, at any time uh, subsequent to the death of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, the point the author of Hebrews makes is that under the Old Covenant, there were all kinds of sacrifices going on all the time, uh, gallon after gallon after gallon after gallon, oceans of blood were poured out there in the temple. Well, there is no need uh, for any more 
sacrifices because Jesus Christ has accomplished what could not be accomplished uh, by the sacrificial system. And so having done that, because he's finished, he has sat down at the right hand of the Father at the place of privilege, honor, and authority. He doesn't have to stand up. The priest never sat down. You didn't slaughter animals sitting in a chair. You stood up. It was very physical labor, and it took a lot of effort and energy to do this. Jesus offered himself as the ultimate perfect sacrifice once and for all. Because it was finished, he sat down at the right hand of the Father, and he's there to intercede for us. And uh, even in our sin, I think there's an ongoing way that all of the counsel of heaven is constantly reminded that my sacrifice was effective and sufficient, that that sin, that failure is covered by the, the, the great power of my blood shed at the cross. And so because of who he is, exactly God, because of what he has done, namely purify the people for himself, he has atoned uh, for sin, he can now sit down at the place of privilege and authority, and he is to be known as one whose name is greater than, that, than all names. There's a song we sang, Jesus, name above all names, and he is indeed the name above all names, the only name given among men by which we must be saved. He is the King of kings. He is the Lord of lords. He is uniquely the Son of God. He is the one and only Savior of the world. And so the gospel is the accomplishment of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is the work of the Lord Jesus Christ that counts, that is effective because of who Jesus is, because of the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, he is not the only revelation of God, but he is the perfect revelation of God. God has spoken. God has revealed himself previously, but he spoke loudly, completely, and clearly in the person and in the work of his Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, the one to whom we all owe all allegiance and to whom uh, one day we will bow before him and fully apprehend and fully comprehend uh, the greatness of who he is and what he has done. And so I pray that this is a blessing to your day, and I look forward to seeing you once again tomorrow.